Real estate investing can move mountains financially, but do it wrong and it can be a big drag on your lifestyle. In this episode, I'll tell you the five pitfalls of real estate investing. Welcome to Real Estate Investing with Kenny Wolf, the show with weekly topics designed to help you learn how to build your ideal life through real estate investing. My name is Kenny Wolf, and I've been a real estate syndicator and investor for over 11 years now. And in this time, I've built a successful real estate investment firm, Wolf Investments. If you're new to the show, make sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode comes out. All right, number one is don't overpay. This is the one sin in investing that's really tough to overcome. Price is what you pay, value is what you get, quote the great Warren Buffett. When you're finding a property, you wanna buy it, you really can't overpay because what that'll, that'll do is it'll kind of best case, if you do overpay, it'll lock up your money for an extended period of time where you eventually just sell it and probably break even. Or kind of worst case scenario is put your money in the property, you can't hang on to it because it's you overpaid and it's not cash flowing, so it's just draining your other finances. So you end up having to sell it for a loss. So really watch out for what you pay, guys. Uh, make sure you find the right values and the right basis in those properties that you want to be in to, to pull off your business plan. All right, number two is who's going to operate it? This is a very important question, guys, because this can really cramp your lifestyle if you do not get it right from the get-go. So you really need to ask yourself, do you want to handle the calls from residents? You want to lease up the property, handle the accounting, overall asset management, single family, and some small multifamily can be very hands-on. Or, you know, the op- other options out there, or do you want to be a passive investor in bigger commercial real estate um, where we're able to afford um, on-site personnel 24-7, not 24 hours a day, but you know what I mean. For the most of the day, and uh, professional hours, professionally run, on-site maintenance, on-site managers and leasing agents to take care of all those pain points that single family can cause, and even those small multifamily properties as well. A good example is for single family folks, we get a lot of those that actually come over to us to be our passive investors because they're tired of taking the calls, you know, at midnight from their from their residents on their their toilets broken or the um, water heater goes out, you know, all those all those kind of things. So we get those as well, and then even. Even folks that start out in multifamily thinking that they have to start with a 32 unit or a 20 unit deal, those are very hands-on because you, you're kind of in that no man's land. So I really don't recommend buying those because you're going to be really drug into a commercial asset that really needs on-site professional management, but it really can't afford it. So you're in that middle area. So we've got a saying in the multifamily business that a 32 unit deal, uh, roughly thereabouts, there's two good days uh, when you buy it and when you sell it, just like a boat. So watch out for that. Make sure that you go in knowing what you're willing to do and put up with as an asset manager. Do you want to be hands-on, handle all the nitty-gritty stuff, or do you want to buy bigger properties and maybe go to the more passive route where you can just have that passive income coming in and let professionals take care of the on-site day-to-day management of the asset. All right, number three, what's the exit plan? When you're going into these commercial real estate investments, what's the plan on selling this asset? Uh, you got to think about the end but you know, before you buy it because if that doesn't match up to what your financial goals are or your investment goals are, it's the wrong asset for you. You know, Is it a fix and flip or is it a longer term hold where you're going to buy it, rehab it, uh, rent it out, then do a refi, pull some equity out and then go on and repeat that same business model, right? There's di- there's different ways to look at properties. So make sure that this asset that you're looking at to buy matches up to your investment goals and needs. A good example of this, we got a call from a guy out in Midland, Odessa. He bought, you know, 10 houses out there. He's having a really big issue with management. He didn't really think about his exit plan. He just bought them. thought they were great deals about a year ago when oil was pretty low. The market there for rentals was pretty rough. Now I'm sure he's doing okay with $120 barrel on oil, but we got to make sure that that the exit plan, uh, you've got that nailed down uh, before you 
uh, by the asset. All right, number four, are you creating value and the right kind of value? So you need to look at these properties and figure out where you're able to really improve the, either the operations, the physical aspects of the building or the investment, because there's different ways to create value. Some really cool creative ways we're hearing or we're using right now is in state of Ohio, the property taxes are higher for commercial buildings compared to residential, and they consider apartment buildings a commercial asset. So if you're able to actually go back and make those units condos, you're going to get an automatic 15% reduction in your property taxes. That's creating value beyond putting in new flooring, new paint, you know, things that we kind of typically think about as doing CapEx into the budget, uh, into the property and creating value. And there's a lot of other ways too. I mean, we're buying an A-class property right now. We're going to be able to operate it better just on the expenses. So there again, not really a, you know, your typical granite countertops, new cabinet fronts, things like that. This is really just being able to operate it better, blocking and tackling. So what you really don't want to do is over improve the asset, right? So you can definitely over improve if you are in a C-class area and you put in granite or marble countertops, they're probably not going to be able to afford that kind of improvement, you know? So you need to scale it back. Maybe just do a resurfaced um, countertop for micro countertop. They look great, but it's not just doesn't have that stone feel and look to it, but it gives them a little bit of an upgrade. So you need to know where you are at in the world on your improvements on the property for sure. So a good example is some colleagues of ours, they try to take the Dallas-Fort Worth upgrade model of the unit interiors up to Oklahoma City. So the plan there was to do five to $6,000 of unit interior improvements, thinking that they were gonna get 150 to $200 rent bumps on those improvements. Well, when you sign up for these agency loans and you promise to do 100 units at $6,000 a pop of you know interior improvements, they hold your feet to the fire on that. So they did five of these initially to test them out. And then what happened was they realized that they're only getting $75 rent premium on those upgrade units by spending five to $6,000. Not a great investment, but they had already promised the lender they were gonna do 100. So they ended up just holding this asset for two to three years and selling the asset. I don't think they lost money, but they didn't make very much either. So they really tied up their investors' money because they had the wrong business plan for the wrong city and the wrong unit interior upgrade where they were over-improved the asset. So don't do that. Number five, do the returns and tax yield meet your investment goals? You're investing in real estate to get a certain outcome, right? So you need to know what your investment goals are. So we have a lot of videos on that. Make sure you check those out. But once you know that, again, you've got to keep that in mind. So say you want to make an extra passive income of $5,000 a month and you're drawn to single family. Well, how many of those single family houses are you going to have to string together to make $5,000 a month? Because cash flow on single families is pretty low. They're great net worth builders, especially a great way to start out and get some quick net worth. But as fast as you can, I would suggest getting into the commercial side or going straight to passive investments in commercial real estate if you want to be more hands-off because single family is very much hands-on. Um, ask any single family investor for sure. Uh, they will tell you that as well. Well, and again, I mean, do you have a passion for running the asset management on that type of real estate? Do you like getting the calls at early, you know, early in the morning, late at night from your tenants? Some folks like to be hands-on. Some folks enjoy changing out toilets and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I personally do not. So again, you got to make sure that the investment matches up with your investment returns as well. So if you want more cash flow heavy assets, well, there's definitely plenty of commercial real estate investments on the passive side that do just that. So a good example too is 
on the cash flow side is you have X amount of dollars and you need to create $5,000 per month of income. Say on average, we give about 10% cash on cash, right? So you're going to need about you know $600,000 or so of capital to create that $5,000 a month. Okay. So if you don't have the 600,000, how do you get there? You've got to do more equity gain properties. So that's either some fix and flips, maybe single family or invest passively in properties where, where we go in, do a big, massive rehab job, lease it back up, create a lot of value and either do a cash out refi where you pull out a lot of the passive investors money back to them, or you sell it, make a big windfall of money, and then you're going to roll that back into another asset. So there's different ways to, to get there, but you need to look at, you know, do the returns of this real estate investment match your criteria again. So is it cash flow or equity gain that you need? The other thing to keep in mind is the tax shield. That's a big piece to real estate investing. And one of the four wealth building blocks we talked about in a prior video, and it's massive, right? Because there's three ways we make money. There's one way where we, we should, we keep as much as we can. And that tax shield is huge for multifamily investments. This year is probably the last year, 2022, but the best of the best bonus depreciation we'll be able to take on multifamily. So we're highly encouraging our investors to rack up as much as you can because you can carry it forward. That's not tax advice. Talk to your CPA. So again, so I had a call yesterday from an investor. He had a big equity gain this year. So he needs some depreciation. So initially he was looking at one of our opportunity zone investments, um, which those are big development deals. So if you don't know, development deals where you take either we're, we're building ground up or those that are in opportunity zones, we're buying vacant or mostly vacant office buildings and converting them to multifamily. Those are big value add deals. So there's not going to be any cash flow for two to three years. But once we do our program, once we do the rehab and lease it up, create the value, uh, we do a big cash out refi, pull out 50 to 80% of the investor's money, keep it long-term and a little cash flow. So opportunity zones are great because they do a lot of tax shielding for you, but it's definitely a long-term hold, no cash flow for probably two to three years and then cash flow there forward. So this new investor wanted to do cash flow and depreciation right off the bat, right? So so that really wasn't the best fit for him. So we kind of steered him to one of our cash flow A-class properties that we're buying right now. That property is going to do about 6% year one, then go up to eight to nine, year two, three, and kind of tick its way up. But it's also a multifamily asset. So we'll be able to write off about 50% of his initial investment in the same year. So it'll offset a lot of his, his tax problem he's got and also create cash flow for him. So it was a perfect pay of, of the cash flow that he needed to create and the bonus appreciation he could take to help him on his tax yield. Real estate investing can really be a great way to create cash flow and big equity gains if you do it correctly. Make sure to know if you're up for the day-to-day tasks for operating single-family rentals. And if not, make sure to check out the numerous passive investments that are out there for commercial real estate projects. This has been Real Estate Investing with Kenny Wolf. Thanks so much for listening.